Welcome to Divorce Dialogues. I'm Katherine Miller. Divorce Dialogues brings expert guests to the airways to talk through your divorce questions and fill in the gray areas about separating. From thinking about divorce, to how to behave during divorce, to what to do after, this is Divorce Dialogues. Welcome to Divorce Dialogues. I'm Catherine Miller. I'm the founder at the Miller Law Group and a trainer at the Center for Understanding in Conflict. And I am on a mission to change how people divorce and help them divorce with dignity. And my guest today is Bill Carmody. Bill is the Chief Coaching Officer for Positive Intelligence and oversees the application of mental fitness for thousands of coaches worldwide. The purpose of Bill's life is to be an inspirational leader who solves problems and creates breakthroughs for himself and for others. His second book, The Three Rules of Marriage, is a bestseller, and he is on a mission to bring mental fitness to at least 10 million people by 2029. To date, more than 35,000 coaches, about half of all coaches, have participated in positive intelligence foundational work in mental fitness. Welcome, Bill Carmody. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you, Catherine. Thank you for having me. And, you know, we found each other through the positive intelligence idea. And, you know, before we start talking about how it's helpful and emotions and all of that sort of stuff, you know, I think it might be really useful if you could talk a little bit about what positive intelligence is and, and kind of how it works. So positive intelligence is about mental fitness. And what mental fitness is, is your ability to stay positive no matter what your circumstances are. It directly supports your performance, your relationships, and your well-being. So essentially, it is a operating system that helps individuals really be their best version of themselves or what we refer to as your sage self. That's great. And so, you know, divorce is a really difficult thing to go through. And, you know, just on its surface, it, it's it's a big intrusion in your life and restructures how you're looking at things and restructures your finances. But it's made a lot harder because of our emotions, because of our feelings. And, you know, it's really interesting to me because I'm actually in the middle of writing a book about how to use your feelings to the better to help you during the divorce, because I think those feelings have a lot of really important information. And you know, Bill, the conventional wisdom is, oh, you know, just put your feelings aside. Can you talk to us a little bit about how, what happens with our feelings when we're going through a divorce and how positive intelligence can help? Absolutely. So first of all, you know, what's really fascinating to me about divorce is If you listen to the experts, they say the three most stressful times in a person's life are a change in your job, a change in your living situation, and a change in your relationship. Well, I'll tell you this, you know, a change in a relationship for a divorce for sure. And then often that also includes a change in your living situation. So two out of the three most stressful things that are happening happen simultaneously, right? And so the thing about that is, is that our emotions are hugely helpful for allowing us to see what's going on and to be very present with what's happening. The problem is, is that our emotions can actually make them worse or better depending on what we're listening to. So for example, in a, in a saboteur context, you know, this is bad, bad, bad. And so the emotion is, this is terrible. Things will never be this good again. And ah, I'm losing everything, right? That is not helpful because what it's doing is, is it's really anchoring us into the past. It's really taking us to 
to a place where our emotions are running us and it's making it even worse. So we're feeling not just the experience of loss from the relationship and maybe loss from the living situation, but we're actually feeling like this exponential hijacking that occurs with our amygdala being activated with the fight, flight, freeze reflex. And so what we really want to do is we want to be able to breathe. We want to drop back into our bodies. We want to experience our experience. And we're not trying to put it in a closet or, or not feel anything, but we want to be able to say, okay, so this is what's happened and accept the things we cannot change. And then really have the courage to then move forward with what is it that we do want to see? And potentially what is even the gift of this, ch this change? And how can this actually make things better as opposed to, oh my God, I've made a colossal mistake and now I'm going to beat myself up for the rest of my life yeah you know i think that sounds really great <laughs> and you know who who listening to this wouldn't want to be able to do that right really to be able to access our great best selves in the moments of greater stress like i'm sure everybody listening and i'm sure you and for sure me have i can recall times where i was in a stressful situation and then later on thought well like i could have said this and i could have said that or you know, I could have done this other things, but instead I got super reactive. And I think a lot of people do that out of out of a fear and a, a sense of vulnerability. You want to protect yourself. So, Bill Carmody, how is the positive intelligence idea like able to help you not feel so vulnerable or at least not feel like you're giving something up in the moment? Yeah. So what's interesting is, is that what happens with a divorce is you can't really change the circumstance around a divorce, but you can adjust your autonomic nervous system or ANS because that's what regulates the involuntary psychological process, including your heart rate and your blood pressure and your respiration. And so what happens is when all of your feelings are coming up and you're basically in this place of stress, you're no longer present to what's happening in the moment. You're really thinking either about the past of the mistakes that were made, like I wish I did this, I wish I did that, or the future, the anxiety of what is it gonna be like now that I'm going to be divorced? Like you, the, the reality sets in. And in either scenario, whether you're living in the future through an anxiety or you're living in the past with regret, you're not present. And so what this really does is how do you really regulate your ANS so that you can be fully present? How do you calm down your amygdala so that you can say, I got it, right? Mistakes were made on both sides, by the way. It wasn't just me. It was my partner too. Like it takes two to really get into these situations and get out of them. So I can accept that. I can really accept it. And now it's a matter of now what? If that's what's so, now what do I choose to do? And so what that is, is the reason that this becomes a much easier process when you're actually able to control your own nervous system is because you're no longer allowing the echo chamber effect of our amygdala to make us really even more stressed out than we already are. And so really the whole process of mental fitness is to drop back into your body which is to say, when I start to see that I'm dysregulating, it's being able to breathe or being able to really just notice my emotions and experiences and drop back into the physical sensations of the body. And, I'm, and whether we do this now or later in the segment, what I'd love to offer up is the experience of what a PQ rep is. This is what mental fitness is. Like it's a simple one to two minute exercise that literally drops you back into your body. So it would be something that I think would be helpful for your listeners to experience for themselves and say, oh God, that does make a difference. Yeah, let's do it. But first, let me remind people that I'm Catherine Miller, 
and you're listening to Divorce Dialogues on WVOX 1460 AM in alternate Wednesdays from 5 to 5.30. And we're also available as a podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Divorce Dialogues brings you information and thoughtful dialogue that you need to divorce with dignity. And I'm talking today with Bill Carmody about positive intelligence and the PQ methods for helping you regulate yourself and your own emotions going through a divorce to really help you feel better and I'm thinking, Bill, probably get a better result because yeah. you're able to really access yourself and think, actually think through, not just be a reactive all the way through the divorce. Well, just think about that. The title of this episode, right, is how to stay positive even during a divorce. And for some people, that's a non sequitur. It's a non-starter. How? That's not possible. You can't do that. But you can. And this is what we're really talking about here is, is that the positivity isn't toxic positivity, right? Toxic positivity goes to the extreme. It's like Mary, you know, Sissy Mary Sunshine or Pollyanna. It's like, everything's great. And I'm, you know, it's, it's fake, right? That's not what we're talking about. We're saying being very real and understanding like there's a way to really regulate your system so that you can be fully present to what's truly happening in the moment. And so what we we call this a pq rep and so what this does is it just gives you an opportunity to take all of the noise from inside of our brains and quiet that noise and then drop down into ourselves yeah so you want to do it yeah let's absolutely do it right so again if people are driving i'm going to have them keep their eyes open <laughs> but if you're listening to the podcast it's even more powerful if you can close your eyes so i'm going to suggest if you're on the podcast and you're in a safe space go ahead and close your eyes if you're driving keep your eyes open and you'll continue to do this work the same way as you close your eyes or you keep them open you're going to take a nice deep breath in and let it out another deep breath in and let it out I feel better already. Yeah, right? And then one third deep breath in. And then let it out. And now breathe normally. And just notice the rising and falling of your chest or stomach with each breath. And as thoughts come up, just let them go and bring all your attention back to your breath. Notice the temperature of the air as it enters your nostrils and the temperature of the air as it exits your nostrils. Bring all your attention to your breath. And now, listen for the farthest away sound you can hear. And now listen to the closest sound you can hear. And if the sound that's closest to you is not the sound of your own breathing, hear your breathing now. And if you close your eyes, go ahead and open them up and notice how you feel. Well, I feel a lot calmer. Yeah. And why is that? Because what we've done is we've put, taken all our sensations and focused on our bodies. We stopped thinking. Our thinking mind is always active, like always. Like it's something like 40,000 thoughts a day we have. And so it's just a ridiculous amount of information that's constantly pulsing through our minds. And what ends up happening is we pay so much attention to all these thoughts that we actually lose presence. Our mind drifts into the future or into the past, but we're not present. What you just experienced was an ability to drop into your full present self. 
And even in this moment, as you and I are talking together, like you can notice that we're even more present with each other. The connection that we have, even as we're having this conversation, is more present. And I'm sure the person that's driving is holding the wheel differently. They can feel the sensations under their fingers. And the person that's listening to the podcast is, is actually noticing more than their surroundings. All of this comes down to the same space, that for this one moment, we're fully present. And what it does is it clears the fog and lets us see exactly how things are. Isn't that cool? That is really cool. Well, let me ask you about something that I've observed. And, and that I think is, this is, I think just generally true about human beings. And, and that is that I think that we listen to a little bit of what the other person said when we're in dialogue. Yes. Then the rest of the time they're talking, we're just formulating our own response, right? And, and when people are in conflict, you know, they're listening to this much because what they're really, <laughs> I know what you're going to say, Bell. I know it. And let me just tell you right now. I'm going to stop you right there. <laughs> <laughs> and you haven't even started. And, and and it's really hard. You know, people who are getting divorced have created over the years of the deterioration of the relationship. You know, they're stuck in a in a pattern of communication that really doesn't work. And, That's right. and, and so can you talk to us a little bit about changing that dynamic and using some of the PQ methods to maybe be able to have a more positive or productive conversation where that doesn't happen. Yeah. So, so I love what you're saying because the majority of communication and especially in a divorce scenario is agree, disagree. As I'm listening to you right now, I'm agreeing or disagreeing. I agree with what you said. I disagree with what you said. And therefore, because I'm in agree, disagree, I'm trying to formulate my response. And when I'm formulating my, my response, I'm not actually listening to a word you're saying. I'm in the back of my mind thinking about exactly how I'm right and you're wrong, and I'm going to prove it to you. Now, here's the truth. There's nothing I can say that's going to change a closed mind. If your mind is closed, even if I have all the facts, all the righteousness on my side, it doesn't matter because all you're going to do is say he's wrong. That's it. So the thing about it is the only way that changes is to actually reduce the conflict by actually listening to the other person and from that space to let them know that they were heard, even if you don't agree. So Catherine, you could say something outrageous to me. And what I'll come back to and say, so what I'm hearing you say is that, 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 is that right? And you're like, yeah. Now, when I say, is that right? Then you have an opportunity to crack. Well, not exactly. You got most of it right, but here's the other thing. It's like, oh, I'm sorry, I got that wrong. Let me try again. And then I'm going to say it again to you. And by the third, second or third time, you know that I've absolutely listened to you and I've heard you. That creates safety. Even if you and I are in a high conflict situation, like in a divorce, and we're fighting about things that are really important to us, like money or children or the, the house and, and the, the things and the stuff, like ultimately, if we're not listening to each other, and we're talking past each other, we will never make progression. So what this does, the PQ rep that I just experienced allows you to be fully present. So it drops you in and you actually get back to the focus of what is it that I want? I'm not gonna, I'm not here to convince you or change your mind. What I'm here to really do is make sure that you hear that I'm hearing you and that gives me a space to be able to say something important that I want you to hear from me. And if we can just do that, we change the entire dynamic of the conversation. Yeah. You know, in my own self-introduction, I often say that I'm a trainer at the Center for Understanding and Conflict. And, and we don't often talk about that on the show, but the Center for Understanding and Conflict 
promotes a model called the understanding-based model. And we do a lot of what you just said. We call it looping, where it's a form of like reflective listening. And for me, when I was introduced to this model, I mean, I, I had already been a matrimonial lawyer in New York for over 10 years. And my go-to was basically bitch on wheels and and I'm just going to put them down. And, and, and it was a real game changer for me to realize that by opening up understanding, right, that we really shift the situation and opening up understanding doesn't necessarily just not a one way street. Well, I'm going to understand you bill. And then you're going to just walk all over me. That's not true. First, I'm going to understand myself and I'm going to take a minute to think about why I am taking the positions that I'm taking why what I think is important to me is important to me. Is it really important to me or is it really something else? And then I'm going to try to understand the circumstances that we face together. We're getting divorced. What What, what is the circumstance and see if I can enhance understanding. And then that actually creates a little bit of more interest to understand you if I'm divorcing you, right? And like just, and, and to distinguish understanding what you're saying does not mean I, and to use your frame, agree. Right. Right. All I'm doing is giving you some space to be heard. And that's huge, right? It's huge. And I think the interesting thing that you're saying here is, is that when you're mentally fit, you're really focusing on specifically what is the outcome I want, which is essentially the same thing you're saying at the very step one. What is the outcome I want? So like, I know we're having a divorce and that's unfortunate. But the thing about it is if I'm so wrapped up in why you did me wrong or why I'm right and you're wrong or any of those types of things, I'm actually missing the point of what I actually need. What I need to do is be very clear about how the divorce will resolve in a way that is amicable, that I can move on, that I can basically continue on with my life and the same for you. So if I genuinely have empathy for you and the situation you're going through, even if you cheated on me, even if there was some egregious thing in the behavior that was happening, what I can really think about is, look, no matter what got us to this place, we we fell in love with each other when we got married. We're now in a place we want to get divorced. Can we do this in a place that actually doesn't make things even worse? And so if I if my intention is to have as clean a divorce as possible, if my intention is to really be clear about what is important to me and to understand and genuinely understand what's important to you, it's going to be a whole different experience, won't it? Than trying to prove you wrong. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and I think that, that that framework of right, wrong, or agree, disagree, right. this, it's, a false, it's a false frame. Totally. There's so much more nuance in there. And, you know, there's something called reactive devaluation that basically it's a theory that says that if you and I are in conflict, anything you suggest, I'm against just because you totally. suggested it, even if I said it five minutes before. <laughs> exactly. Even if I came in thinking, you know, it'd be a great resp- result is if this, and if you suggest this, you know, I may not even hear that you did. So I think it's very dangerous, actually. So Catherine, one of the things I'm wondering, and this is, do you, do you tell me if this is worth going here or not? Would it be helpful for your audience to also talk about prevention? Like, how do we not even get to this space? Or is it in this point that they're they're already too far and it's like, we're at the divorce space? (laughs) I I do. But before we do that, I again want to remind people that they're listening to Divorce Dialogues. And I'm Catherine Miller. Uh, Divorce Dialogues is here on WVOX 1460 AM on alternate Wednesdays from 5 to 530 and also available wherever you listen to podcasts. And I'm talking today with Bill Carmody. He's the chief coaching officer for positive intelligence. And he's a, does a lot of training of coaches on the PQ method, 
And Bill, I just want to give you an opportunity to give people your contact information if they want to learn more about you or about positive intelligence or about your books. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so the positive intelligence website is the best place. I would encourage everyone to check out the saboteur assessment, which is the things, the things that hijack you the most. So positiveintelligence.com. You can go on and you'll see that there's a click for an assessment, which makes it very easy in five minutes to find out what are the saboteurs that hijack you the most. Totally free assessment. It'll give you more details about that. And then the other thing that I want to offer your audience is a free copy of my book, which is the best-selling book, uh, The Three Rules of Marriage. That is a threerulesofmarriage.com slash free. And so they can actually get the entire digital copy for free. And then why am I doing that? Because you heard in the very beginning and you did my introduction that I'm really interested in helping as many people as possible become mentally fit and really have epic relationships in their life. And so part of this when in the prevention side is the three principles or the three rules of marriage can be very supportive in preventing people from getting to this space we were just talking about. So if you don't mind, I'll just say the quick rules real yeah, quick. Yeah. So number one, don't keep score. And then the number one rule of, of a blissful marriage is not keeping score. Why? Because it keeps us in the past. And so it anchors every argument, every disagreement, every every thing that's frustrating. We no longer are talking about what's happening in the moment in the presence. We're actually talking about everything that you've ever done wrong to me. And I'm going to show my list and I'm going to pull it out every time that there's a problem. So by not keeping score and agreeing right up front, don't keep score. It means that whatever we're talking about is the here and now. This is what's happening right now in the present. So that's rule number one. Rule number two, it's more important to say, I appreciate you than I love you. Now, this one kind of took me back. I'm like, wait, I don't understand why I thought love was more powerful than appreciation. Love, you can love someone and be mad at them. You can be truly in love with them and still like not be not like them very much in the moment. But the thing about appreciation is it's specific. I appreciate that you washed the dishes. I appreciate that you took out the garbage. I appreciate that you did the laundry. I appreciate all those things. As my father-in-law reminded me, you're going to spend a lot more time in your marriage doing dishes than you are having sex. <laughs> so it's important to keep that in mind, right? And then the third and final rule is don't go to bed angry. And all that means is, is that whatever happened during the day, resolve it. So that means one of two things. You either choose to, to resolve it with your partner or you choose to let it go. Either are available to you, but don't let your head hit the pillow in an angry state because you're going to open up the next day angry. And that's the whole thing. If you're not keeping score, that means you're resolving things as they're happening and either that or you're letting them go. That by itself is going to change the way in people are interacting with their relationships. And I share this not because I have a 23-year epic marriage myself, but I actually got these rules from my father-in-law who's been now married 65 years blissfully, like ridiculous, pat each other on the butt marriages. He's 91, his wife is 90, and they're having an incredible life. So that's why I share these rules. They're not my rules, they're his rules. <laughs> well, they're not easy. Yeah. They're not easy rules. So I think that, you know, let me ask you something about defensiveness yeah. in marriage. Yeah. I think that regular listeners to the show will have heard this story before, but you know, I go to defensiveness myself. I have to work really hard on it. So if my husband says to me, why didn't you empty the dishwasher? I wish you'd empty the dishwasher or even, wow, I'm tired of emptying the dishwasher. I will go to, well, you didn't put the cat back on the toothpaste. Like if that had anything to do with the price of tea in China, right? Like what? <laughs> and, and so I had to mark, I've got, wow, what is up with that, Catherine? 
you know, when, when you go to that sense of feeling criticized. So what do you think about that, Bill? So, so really that's one of the things about the mental fitness training is about that's the saboteur contagion. So what ends up happening is when someone makes a remark like that, you experience your own judge. And so what happens is we tend to want to deflect. And so we feel judged. So we judge the other person. And then it becomes this saboteur downward spiral where we're basically judging each other all the way to the ground. So instead, what we want to do is basically actually stop that cycle. And so rather than being defensive and coming back at you, what I would say is, hey, I really hear that you're upset that I didn't do this or there was, I, I did a certain way. So I will I will make my effort to do this differently. And I'm willing to do that. That will tell you, though, that what I'd love is for you to catch me doing this right. So it's so great that you made that comment. I hear you saying that. And so I've, I've message received. The next time you see me doing the dishes, can I make a request that you acknowledge me for when I do them? Because that's going back to it's more important to say I appreciate you than I love you. What ends up happening is we keep score on the negative, but we rarely talk about the positive. So if you just have that re reframe, it's like, great, I got it. I'll do the dishes next time. And when I do, will you catch me doing it right? Because if you do that, you're going to help reinforce the things you do want to see in our relationship as opposed to the things you don't. So... Bill Carmody, imagine someone's listening to this. This is divorce dialogues after all. And they're like, you know, I think I'm done, you know, or I'm in the middle of a divorce. Is there a way that not that people are going to, you know, turn the, the card around and go back and be happily married, but is what would you recommend people who are contemplating or beginning or even in the middle of divorce do to try to feel better about it and, and to utilize some of these techniques? Yeah, so so the, the PQ reps that we did in, in the exercise tonight is the number one thing that I recommend that people practice, whether that can be a meditation practice, it can be what we just did as one experience, but the, what it do is keep dropping back into your body and so you don't go into the looping in your own head. It's like, I find what it's, it, divorce is so bad, not just because you're going through divorce, but you're having a fight with someone who's not even in the room. It's like lighting yourself up on fire and hoping the other person dies of smoke inhalation, right? It's like, that's what divorce does. And instead, it's like when you drop back into your body, you be fully present, look at the facts. What is it you truly want? Okay, I get that you're done. So what's next? And remember that whatever you have not resolved in your own working relationship with another human being, whatever you still need to work on for yourself, you're going to bring that into your next relationship. So what's so important is to keep doing the work for yourself. You can't change another human being, but you can change you. And in doing that, you can actually change the way that you have a relationship with another human being. And so that's what I'm advocating is do the work for yourselves, regardless of how your other partner shows up. And we have about 45 seconds left on the show. And I'm just wondering, is coaching of people who are divorcing something that you or the PQ organization does? Or do you think that's worthwhile? I do, and what, all it does is it keeps, keeps the focus on what's really important. So different than, than therapy, this is about what is it you want and where do you grow from here? So I highly recommend having a coach. By the way, nobody needs a coach. I wanna be really clear about that. But the people that I find to be very successful have a coach. And so they're giving someone on the guide on the side, helping instruct them as to just understanding what's possible. So, hey, did you see it this way? Is that what you meant to do? Just showing the mirror can be very supportive. Great. Bill Carmody, thank you so much for being my guest on Divorce Dialogues. It's been a pleasure. Catherine, thank you for having me. I appreciate you.